The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with the charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube and Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. If it's your first time listening, thanks for stopping by. And if you're already part of the Nerd Mafia, welcome home. This week, I'm joined by Pat, excuse me, Pat Fitzmorris. Excuse me, Pat, sorry about that. I'm joined by Pat Fitzmorris this week from Fantasy Pros and the host of the Fitz on Fantasy podcast. We are going to dive deep into the Buffalo Bills offense and get Pat's opinion on where he thinks the Bills offense stands. It's about to go. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should, because I'm sick, 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 it's the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go! Well, welcome in, everyone. Uh... Hopefully I don't mess up his name anymore uh, like I did there in the intro. Sorry about that, Pat. But as all of you watching can see, I'm joined by Mr. Pat Fitzmaurice of Betting Pros, Fantasy Pros, and the Fitz on Fantasy Podcast. Pat, welcome in, sir. Hey, Colt. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, when you came out with fat accidentally, it really wasn't that accidental. I ate a lot of grilled meats over the 4th of July weekend, so it's pretty apt right about now. I like it. Thanks for thanks for uh, playing along with me early on here as we get going. So why don't you go ahead, uh, Pat, and just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I am the managing editor at Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, and uh, I've been doing this fantasy football thing for a long time, starting at Pro Football Weekly way back in the late 1990s. Uh, where I was an editor, and that wasn't all fantasy, but uh, that was my first taste. And, you know, I continued to freelance for Pro Football Weekly after I left them and just kind of stayed in the game this whole time. And now I'm uh, working in fantasy full-time, and, uh, you know, it's not not bad to play this game within a game and have that be your career. So uh, there are worse things to do for a living, I guess, Cole. 
Right. And I mean, the way that you uh, did it way back in the 90s is completely different the right, the, than the way it is now. Right. right. There's just the, it was keeping track of things on paper and, you know, it was like all, all these different things. So things have changed a lot. Uh, Fantasy Pros has gotten a lot bigger, you know, over the years. And you've been a part of that. So uh, that's very cool. Uh, but like we do here every week on the show, um, we do like to start out and kind of highlight a charity. And as the guest on the show, uh, Pat does get to go ahead and choose that charity. Um, so this week we're going to highlight the Michael J. Fox Foundation. So, Pat, um, why don't you kind of tell me a little bit about why you chose that charity? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that the Michael J. Fox Foundation is fighting against Parkinson's. And uh, that's just been a disease that's uh, affected some people really close to me. Um, My grandmother, uh, one of my best friends, uh, his dad, um, some other friends, parents and grandparents so really insidious disease and uh the michael j fox foundation does great work on on research to eventually stop it hopefully right and i and i think this is probably you know one of those foundations that a lot of people might you know be familiar with obviously you know michael j fox is a you know a a celebrity you know we all remember him from you know even me I'm, i'm going on 40 you know this year so back to the future you know is you know pretty hot and heavy for me in my day and stuff like that so very cool organization uh they do do a lot of different things right they you go to their website it is just michaeljfox.org pretty simple easy to get there Uh, but they got tons of data there and you know research they do different events there's different ways for you to kind of help out if that's something you're into uh, or if you just know somebody that might be looking for the information and hasn't had it presented to them you can just send them over there to the website and check it out so very cool organization so Let's talk some football here. Uh, before we kind of dive into your realm of expertise, I've been asking everybody that comes on because uh, I'm calling it hashtag Poyer Watch um, because during a little while back when when he signed with Rosenhaus, I was like, this is trouble. This is not good. He's going to want huge money. Drew doesn't mess around. And I'm of the feeling that we'll get it figured out this year, but he might not be with us long term. Where are you on Jordan Poyer? And is he going to be a bill? Is it that important to the bills? Kind of where are you out on that? Oh, man. I mean, fantastic player. Like with Poyer and Hyde, that's got to be. And I, as a Packers fan, I miss Micah Hyde, something fierce. I mean, that's a guy I hated to see us get rid of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would hurt if um, it would hurt if they lost him, especially with, you know, Tredavious coming back from his injury. Like, got to keep that secondary strong. So hopefully uh, Drew Rosenhaus doesn't pull him away from Buffalo. And uh, I actually met Drew Rosenhaus back in the day when I was at Pro Football Weekly. And uh, kind of a nice guy in person, but, you know, I know not everyone feels that way. So, um, you know, hopefully Bills fans don't have a reason to hate him when this is all settled. Right. I mean, and I don't dislike the guy, right? It's just when you hear that name and if you think about him back in the day, that just meant huge money, right? Like you're paying. Oh, yeah. Like imme- oh, yeah. if he signs to that, it's over. It's like you you might as well just give him the check and say do whatever you want, man. Right. You know, that's what it that's what it that's what it used to feel like, right? When he was kind of like the real heavy player. There's a lot of different guys now that are good at it, so it's a little different, but yeah, to me, this is this is this is dangerous territory for a team that is truly there right they're there they're on the cusp of making the potential run again and you brought up Hyde I've been contending this whole time that when they signed Hyde to that extension they kind of said which way they wanted to go with this and he's kind of more of I feel like the brains compared to the brawn and what Poyer is Um, so I I think they invested in the long-term mental side of it and not as much of the physical in hopes that they would keep Poyer around on that cheap deal but I don't think it worked out Uh, but and I'm glad you brought that up that you are a Packer fan um, because 
we do in fact play each other this year, right? Uh, get some Sunday night football in Buffalo. Uh, should be pretty exciting. You know, that's a huge game. I believe that's the night before Halloween. Yeah, so I've got a, uh, I've got a dilemma there. Like, I've, uh, there's a concert a, a friend really wanted to go to, and generally I'm not, you know, with this line of work, I'm not free on Sunday nights very often. And, uh, you know, I talked to some of the, the uh, my fellow editors, and they encouraged me to go to this concert. And uh, it, my friend goes ahead and gets the tickets, and then I realized that it was the night of the Bills-Packers game. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure something out that <laughs> night. I don't think I can miss the game of the year. Yeah, I know. That's super exciting. And I talked about it a little while, a few episodes back, where to me, like when the schedule came out and you get that kind of game, right that that tells me where the nfl believes you are they're putting you on sunday night football against the mvp right and he typically is playing huge games on sunday night football so that tells me that that's where people think we are right so uh, it should be exciting uh, i'm obviously here in california that's one of the games i've slated on my map that i'm going to go back for uh, i just don't know that there's going to be many more times where we're going to get aaron Rodgers on sunday night football you know in, in his career right so i feel like it's something that i got to do especially when josh allen's right there and he's nipping at his heels i feel like yeah and cold i feel like uh the bills and and packers like their fans should have this kinship because you know uh teams like smaller cities on a great lake with this long football tradition and hardcore fans who mm, maybe yep. like to enjoy a fermented beverage now and again. So, um, like I do feel like the fan bases are pretty similar and just, um, how cool would it be if they could also maybe run it back and play each other again in the Super Bowl after they meet on October 30th. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty incredible to see that happen. And it, it's the, that is the truth. I mean, to me, I, I can admit this, and I've admitted this before on the show. I, you know, growing up in Western New York, I had a stretch where I was a young kid where I actually went to high school where I was wearing a Green Bay Packers jacket because they had Brett Favre. They had Sterling Sharp, and I loved Sterling Sharp. Like, was a massive – Andre Reed, Sterling Sharp, those were, like, the guys. They were the only two people that existed on my planet essentially back then so i did have some packer love and i agree with that they're small town you know that the packers i wish the bills could have got the same kind of setup with the packers where the fans actually own you know what's going on uh that's a really cool concept um but you know that's that's obviously for another time but i'm super excited for that game i think uh it's and it's coming off the bye for us um it's it's fairly mid-season you know it's it's going to be interesting to see where both teams are at but speaking of the other guy since we got the mvp on the packers side we got a guy that a lot of people thought last year could have been MVP. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that think he might be this year. Where are you on Josh Allen as overall football player and fantasy player? Oh my God. Uh, so yeah, he's terrific. And um, you know, I, I don't know if I was uh, starting a team, if there are any other quarterbacks I would rather have, maybe, maybe Patrick Mahomes, you know, I think Mahomes is still a little bit better of a pure passer. Uh, not quite the, the runner that, uh, Allen is, but he's still elusive. And uh, I mean, the funny thing is, Cole, like we saw kind of a slight, um, a slightly less efficient Josh Allen last year compared to 2020. Like his um, yards per attempt went from 7.9 to 6.8. His passer rating went from 107.2 to 92.2. His completion percentage went from 69.2 to 63.3. So statistically, he wasn't as good. And, uh, you know, we saw that reflected a little bit like in Steph Diggs numbers. 
Um, but then, of course, in the playoffs, like he just went nuclear. And that's mm-hmm. that's like, you know, he was the guy that was like the best Josh Allen he could be in the playoffs and, and just showed you what the, the ceiling is. And it's absolutely spectacular. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Bills are in great hands. It's going to be interesting, though, to see how things go without Brian Dable. And I know he's got a comfort level working with Ken Dorsey. Um, but just, you know, there's going to be an adjustment, I'm sure. And it will be, uh, interesting to see how he handles that adjustment. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think that's an interesting point, uh, because for me, Josh Allen, he, he looks really, really good and he's done really, really good. But if you look at the, during times last year, I think there was, there was points where McDermott and Dable were not on the same page and what was taking place. And I think that reflected in the offense. There was points in the season where it was like they were good and they were doing fine. Right. But you could tell it was different. Like it, it, it was swelling at 30 some points a game. And then it hit like this real hard divot, you know, where it was having a hard time. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how that translates this year. Everything I'm hearing early on is Ken Dorsey is super aggressive. Um, and we might see even a more aggressive approach this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but we are taking, a hope here realistically that this offense is not going to miss a beat because of who's running the show, but this is the NFL, right? And, and if it doesn't always work with an offensive coordinator in the quarterback. Right. Yeah. Um, totally agree. So it, I, I am going to be interested to see if like there are any fundamental changes to the way that runs. Like I've heard that they might have Josh Allen run less, which always sounds good. Like protect your franchise quarterback, not expose him to as many hits. But you know, then once you get out there and the, the bullets start flying and you need to pick up a, a third and six and uh, right. you know, everyone's covered, he's going to take off and run. I mean, I think that's just the way it is with Josh Allen. And um, you know, speaking of the running thing, like I, it was during that the match, the uh, the golf event with mm-hmm. him and uh, Mahomes versus what Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and yep. seeing the four of them sitting around doing interviews. Josh Allen is huge, man. Oh yeah, He's that guy. Awesome. Like Aaron Rodgers looks skinny next to Josh Allen. I mean, he is just. If you've got a quarterback built like that, let him run, man. Yeah, and, and there's been I've heard different pieces of that too. Some of the local guys are spitting out that there's a want for him to get that back into his game a little bit more. Like, just go do it, man. Like, make it make it happen, right? And and I understand that you everybody's always going to be like, but, and it's like, well, yeah, but if he doesn't do it, maybe <laughs> maybe you don't win either, right? Yeah. So I I mean, it's always going to be that thing. And if there's anybody big enough to do it, you pointed it out. He's absolutely a monster compared to some of these other guys that have been uber successful in the NFL, right? So you you would think he should be able to contribute that, but he needs other pieces around him, right? This isn't just the Josh Allen show. And in the past, we had Mitch Trubisky, and I thought if we lost Josh Allen, we wouldn't have to change the offense completely. Now we're going to go from Josh Allen to Barkley or Case Keenum, which is going to change a lot of things, right? So as a fantasy perspective, it, are, are you looking at that when you're looking at some of these next offensive players we're going to talk about is what happens if Josh Allen disappears? How successful are these guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I would feel okay putting the offense in the hands of Case Keenum for a few games. Like, I think Keenum fits in as one of those guys who's, like, not quite... If you have him as your starter, you're not satisfied, but I think he's an above-average backup. So we still know that if, if Josh Allen was out in any given game and they were playing Keenum instead, like, whatever the, the line on that 
game was like it's going to be like a three or four point difference it's going to be one of the bigger point moves in the league based on the loss of a quarterback so it it would definitely matter uh you know maybe three or four points is even a little light it might be more like five so um Allen means a lot to that team but I do think uh they could still possibly win games they had to if uh Keenum was there instead I mean, three seasons ago, he led a team in on a playoff run that nobody thought was going to happen, right? So, right. I mean, he's got he's got a little juice in there if you put him in, in a quality team, right? And it's pretty easy to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs and some of these other guys we're going to chat about. But let's talk about the backs first because we've kind of have both talked about how much we would just prefer Josh Allen runs. So that's like your QB1 is your RB1 almost essentially, especially when you get down to the goal line. They bring in James Cook this offseason. Zach Moss was supposed to be the guy last year. Singletary, I thought, put together a very nice stretch down the end there. If he can continue to do that, I think he gets a long-term deal with the Bills as a, a as a, the next back. But where, where do you stand on this running back crew? Yeah, so uh, Valiant's uh, late season run by Singletary, who became like, really valuable in fantasy Mm -hmm. for the first time basically because the bills just had had enough of zach moss and matt burita and just said you know it's your show Devin." and he he answered the call and was terrific um but i don't think they want to operate like that long term hence their chasing of jd mckissick and free Mm -hmm. agency when that didn't come to pass they went out and got the best pure like satellite back third down back there was in the draft with cook um but you know, I'm I'm a little hesitant on this backfield, Colt, and it's because that in Josh Allen's four seasons with the Bills, he has 31 rushing touchdowns. Bills running backs have 28 rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Bills running back has topped 269 receiving yards in a season in those four years. No Bills running back has topped 870 rushing yards, and the Bill's running backs have ranked in terms of percentage of team targets, uh, 19th, 26th, 29th, and 29th. So he doesn't dump off to his backs. And and that's kind of common for running quarterbacks. When they get in trouble, I mean, if Tom Brady gets in trouble, he's got to sh- pitch the ball off or, or he's going to get killed. Right. Allen's, for Allen, it's just easier to take off and run. So he does that instead of throwing to his backs. And um, I, I guess for that reason, I'm not real excited about James Cook for this year. I mean, I, I think he's going to help the offense. He's going to be a better, mm-hmm. uh, better like, and more valuable as a real football player than in fantasy, I think. And, uh, you know, I do still expect Singletary to be the primary early down guy. Uh, I know some people are high enough uh, on Cook to think that he can maybe, you know, usurp Singletary. I don't know if I quite see it that way. I, I don't think he's quite the back that uh, his brother Dalvin is. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that a lot. I I, I said this last year as well. Like um, I, I brought in Arizona's backfield last year. I mean, some high-powered offensive backfields that you should actually be concerned with, right? Like typically you wouldn't think that, right? You're thinking like if they're putting up points, that's where you want to be. But it just doesn't translate to the running back room that often uh, over right. here. I do think we might see a little change in that with the offensive line coach that came in. They brought in some different pieces, some guys that are a little more run-heavy, kind of a little more better at the run um, to see if the offensive line can translate but still I don't think it's going to be enough. I, it's, it's a pass-heavy team unless, you know, I think Cook will line up probably a lot more as a, out as a slot or, you know, getting and moving out of the backfield. He was, like, number one in, like, what, the past three years against single coverage and things of that nature in college, right? So he's phenomenal at doing that, and I think we might see that highlighted quite a bit with him. 
but I agree. This backfield's dangerous. I, me personally, I don't have any shares in it except for in Dynasty. I do have some cook love in some Dynasty stuff, right? Because, you know, I, I had to. But let's move into the next piece of this because this is a guy I'm pretty high on. Um, I think he's just been trending up as Josh Allen trends up. Um, he's coming up on possibly getting paid, and there's big question marks on how many people we're going to be able to pay. I'm on the – I like the idea of uh, maybe a Gronk-Brady-esque relationship evolving here, you know, the Kelsey-Mahomes thing developing here. Is Dawson Knox – ready to be that kind of elite tight end in the NFL as far as a fantasy perspective? It's a good question. Um, Like, I don't know if he's going to ever be a Gronk type, but um, I I think there are about eight, eight or nine really high quality, reliable tight ends for fantasy this year. And I think I've got him just outside that range. I think I have him ranked tight end 10 or so for fantasy. Um, so we know it's probably not going to be another case where he gets nine touchdowns on only 49 catches. He had, he had good touchdown luck last year. Um, so while I don't think he's going to have quite the same touchdown percentage, I think he could certainly grow his share of the, the target pie, I guess, for Buffalo. Like, like, I think he could have a higher percentage of team targets this year, um, you know, especially with maybe with Cole Beasley gone, like Beasley was this designated zone beater for the Bills. Like if a team, the Bills ran into a team that played a lot of zone, it was almost a lock that Beasley was getting like double digit targets in that game. So maybe Knox can be the guy who settles into the creases of, of those zones and uh, is the outlet for, for Josh Allen. But um, yeah, so like, I think if you're going to place a bet on someone for fantasy uh, at the tight end position, like doing it on a guy with a couple of years experience and who's very athletic as Knox is, like for a, a guy his size, like his, uh, you know, speed score, like which is speed versus size, very high, uh, big catch radius. Like he's got a lot going for him athletically. So I'm, I'm bullish. Uh, I've got him on a couple dynasty teams myself. Uh, you know, I like him going forward. And last year when he was really cheap, um, I, I kind of was dumpster diving for my tight ends last year rather than paying up for the Kelseys and the, the Kittles. And uh, I had knocks on quite a few teams and it really paid off. Yeah, he's a high quality player, I think. And it, it does have a lot more of that hit or miss feel, right? If you are going to choose to go with him, you are going to kind of be right, you know, rolling the dice a little bit more, I would say for sure. Especially with the, there's no really mention of OJ Howard, how he's going to piece into this if, if he if he's stealing any targets. But the other guy that I'm most intrigued about, and he fills the role potentially of Cole Beasley, is Jamison Crowder. Um, I think obviously Stefan Diggs is going to be the guy again, right? I don't think you, you know, you take away the guy that's best against man to man, right? Like he's going to get his no matter what you try to do to him. Um, but besides that, there's a lot of Gabe Davis love this year. Uh, there's a hope for an escalation last year. Didn't happen. Um, another senior player comes in again this year, like we saw happen last year. But this guy's more of an inside guy compared to the outside, like we saw with Emmanuel Sanders last year. So where are you on the Bills wide receivers? Is Jamison Crowder kind of your guy? Are you paying for Stefan? Are you going Gabriel Davis? Well, Steph, I, I think, is 
pretty. I think I've got him ranked uh, fourth at wide receiver, and I think for a lot of people, he is right after. Uh, you know, the the top three in some order is Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and then I think uh, Stefan Diggs and Devonte Adams are the next two for most people. So, um, and and he's just. I mean, last year was it was funny that he. I had him in in one league, and he had what 103 catches. Uh, 1,225 yards and 10 touchdowns. And it felt like somehow unfulfilling after his 2020 when he just went nuclear with the the 1,500-yard season. So, um, But, yeah, if your down season is 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, uh, that's a pretty stable asset. So no questions about him. I mean, he's going to produce if he's healthy. Um, I don't know if you've been following fantasy Twitter at all, Colt, but – People have been fighting the uh, Gabriel Davis Crusades in the last couple of days. He's one of the most polarizing players out there. Like some people mm-hmm. think he's a, a great value, other people think he's like kind of overrated and, and destined to fall on his face. They they wonder why he was able to get so little playing time and so few targets. Uh, you know, playing with Manny Sanders. Like why couldn't he pass? old and nearly washed up Manny Sanders on the depth chart. Why did it take this long? Why has he had so many, you know, uh, empty performances like this? But if you look at, like, whenever he's gotten a pretty robust snap share, he's he's done pretty well for himself. And I think he's going to be playing, you know, at, at least 75% of the snaps in most games for them this year. So the, the only thing, my reservation about Davis, I guess, is that he's been – his average depth of target was like over 15 yards in his first year, over 13 yards last year. He's a certain type of receiver, and consistency does not necessarily go hand in hand with those, uh, you know, vertical guys, the, the field stretchers. So I think you're going to see some huge games, uh, you know, a la the, the playoff game against Kansas City, the 200-yard 4TD magnum opus, and you're probably going to see a few games where he just gets left out in the cold, and it's a... a 10 catch game for Steph Diggs and Dawson Knox chimes in and, and Gabe Davis doesn't really do anything. So, um, and as for the, the slot thing, like I've always felt that maybe fantasy people like Jamison Crowder a little more than they should. And I'm wondering, Colt, like, is it a slam dunk that he is their slot guy or is there a chance that it's Isaiah McKenzie or even a guy who I've always had this thing for Boise state ever since that Fiesta bowl against Oklahoma, uh, Khalil Shakir, who is just like such a, a baller and has such a competitive fire. Like, I can't wait to see that position battle. If it is a battle, maybe they're just giving it to Crowder. I don't know. But they've got three interesting candidates who could be their slot guy. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see when camp opens up what the initial rotation looks like because it is going to be very questionable it's either that or the only other way you're doing this is you're running almost five wide a lot because like why would you sit him down why would you sit mckenzie down then you think about sitting dawson Knox down if you go four wide like so there's like a lot of these pieces of the puzzle so it's going to be very interesting i think that there's no way crowder gets beat out on this is the way that i'm viewing it i just think him he's never been on a team this good he's never played with a quarterback this good to where I think he's going to view this as this is it, right? This is the this is my one and done final chance to be like a champion here in the NFL, and I think he's going to he's going to be a dog. And as far as um, on certain downs, I think possession wise in the slot, he may not be as quick as McKenzie, but he's beefier, and he I think he's going to be more dangerous at the catch point. Uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because you brought McKenzie back. 
Uh, it was a cheap deal again, right? So there's part of it that is he just the guy that you use here and there, or is he really your guy and you're just trying to do it on the cheap? Uh, but it's going to be interesting. But then the rookie comes in. He's got speed. He's got size. I'm excited. And competitive fire. Like, mm-hmm. he he is a baller. Like, he is uh, just like you watch him, and, and this is a guy who really enjoys football. This feel so, that pick felt very Gabe Davis esque to me, right? It felt like that was the same kind of guy we were getting. Davis was a coming off a good season, a little undervalued, and he just fell here and he just popped in a good organization. And the kid's gonna get to learn from Stefan Diggs. I mean, like yes. that, that's not that's not a bad thing at all, right? Yeah, but I th- I think you're probably right about Crowder. I mean, this is an organization that kind of put off Gabriel Davis for Manny Sanders. Maybe they like having an older guy, a veteran there. Um, to be the guy who can get himself open when when Josh Allen you know gets in trouble has to start running around and and maybe they'll count on a guy like Crowder a veteran to, to find those uh, openings when uh, plays break down. So I think Sean McDermott a hundred percent believes in that philosophy. He's done it for the past couple seasons. You know they always have a veteran over there, and I think it is just mostly for it's late game, it's third down. We need you to 100% understand what we are doing and you understand what they are doing. And they, they like the veteran guy for that, I think. Uh, and I think that's uh, it's going to play out well for him. I'm I'm like, I mean, you're, you can get him at the end of your draft or probably undrafted, I think, in most places that I've been around. Most people aren't really going heavy after him. But I think especially if one of them goes down, like if you see Stefan go down or Gabe Davis goes down, Crowder prevents a ton of value to me because I think he can move outside and play that role a little bit um, and do those things. So I think he's he's got a nice potential to be a, a good fit. Yeah, definitely. It's like a nice rec- receiving core still. I mean, he's got – Allen has no shortage of quality pass catchers. I think overall, though, this team besides Stephon Diggs still in the wide receiver room, it's going to be a question mark each week. Um, because it's going to depend on who you're playing, what the scheme is they like to play, and who's going to be getting the love that day, right, besides Stefan. Yeah, uh, that's it. I don't know if you can, like, count on anyone besides Steph to be, like, a consistent week-after-week producer, but guys are definitely going to pop here and there. Right. I think there's a reason that you see Stefan way at the top, and then you don't see any bills for a long time, right, <laughs> because it's it's so scattered on who's going to get what. You know they're good, and somebody's going to get it. Right? They're part of a good offense, but you don't know when and where. So, yeah. all right, as we're getting ready to kind of close this thing up, I want to ask you right now, it's just your overall best player in fantasy. Who's like your guy that you're just like, he's mine. I get him everywhere I can just because. I mean, if if I can, Colt, I'm a University of Wisconsin graduate. So, you know, Jonathan Taylor is my guy. Like, I mean, he's he's the uh, the, the consensus one-on-one in drafts, and I, I you know, it's understandable. I mean, maybe Christian McCaffrey is a little more upside, but, uh, you know, McCaffrey, he's been hurt a lot lately. He's got a lot more downside, yeah. Yeah, he definitely does, and, and Taylor has been pretty indestructible in college in the NFL so far with some pretty massive workloads. So, uh, you know, JT is my guy for sure. I think I like him a lot uh, more this year as well because I, I like the addition of Matt Ryan to that offense. I think it's going to be successful in a lot of ways that people may, may, may not be anticipating, but I think him and Frank Reich are going to are going to put together the offense that we saw last year and Wentz just can't always execute. And I, and I think Matt Ryan might have a little bit left for one good season. We'll see. Yeah. I think it might be a lot like, uh, you know, the Philip Rivers season look for them in, in 2020. Yep. 
Yeah, was, and that was they were there, right? And they've yeah. been there. That that's what I like about Frank Wright. We're we're getting to the end of the summer. I'll drive this out, but Frank Wright, he's brought in different quarterbacks and he's got that team there every year, right? On like different ways. Like that's a good football team. That's a team I'm scared of this season again, uh, if you end up having to play them in the playoffs. But yeah. So we're right here at the end of it, Pat. You got anything coming up that uh, you'd like to shout out before we get out of here? Yeah, just uh, people can check out the the Fits on Fantasy podcast pretty much every week. That's usually out by Tuesday mornings. And, um, you know, we have a lot of great stuff. We have our, our, our draft kits at Fantasy Pros that people might want to check out. That's uh, everything you could want. Rankings, tools, player articles, um, strategy articles, everything you need. So go to FantasyPros.com and uh, that's about it, Cole. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely, Pat. I appreciate you coming on. So everybody, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out the podcast. It's a lot of fun. He brings on a a lot of great guests. I was looking through the lineup earlier today of people he's had on that show. A lot of great guests over there spitting their knowledge. While you're here in the offseason, you know, looking for some fantasy advice, head over there. Uh, Make sure you guys do head over to MichaelJFox.org and check out what they're up to over there if you can, if you haven't been before. And, of course, go Bills. 